episode 48. My name is Dave Hunt, and I'm joined by Michael Swick. How's it going, Dave? Are you doing good? Doing good? I'm, 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 I'm tired. I'm, I'm yeah. crazy busy. A lot of things yeah. happening. A little stressful day for you today, as usual, on your Monday. Pr- pretty stressful. Pretty stressful. <laughs> um, uh, it seemed like last week, as soon as we recorded with Josh, again, thanks to him for doing that, like this huge news story broke the next day, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I was so pissed because we had just, like, a month prior been like, okay, Monday's our day. Yeah. Stuff always happens on Monday, but we we change things up, you know, to, uh, to like accommodate like Josh, and then of course, yeah, the biggest news story of the year, or at least I think the biggest news story of the year, happened, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, um, if you are if you are new here, we did get a lot of you listening to last week's episode, so we appreciate that. Um, and you are willing to uh, follow us? Uh, anything you would like to do is uh, linked in the show notes, um, either on the website or just in the show notes on your podcast player. Uh, so please go ahead and, and check that out, uh, and that would be uh, super helpful. And um, if you're giving us a second or a third chance, thank you, um, and see how it's going. We've been it's almost we're almost a year old. So, uh, but again, kudos to and, and and appreciate to Josh for you know tweeting it out a little bit and trying to you know trying to grow our wings and and broaden our horizons a little bit more and you know just to to do some stuff for for everybody. Uh, but we are Digital Days Gaming. We are a weekly podcast uh, that releases on podcast networks on Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Uh, you can get in an hour er- or a day early. <laughs> an hour. You get it one hour early for $7. No. <laughs> you can get it uh, 24 hours early uh, if you go to patreon.com slash digitaldaysgaming. Um, but other than that, just like I said before, the show, all the social links are in the show notes, so you can join the groups, discords, follow us, anything you would like to do is there. And we are going to jump right into it. So it looks like we have a little bit of a follow-up from what we talked about last week. Hey, remember last week when Josh suggested that my, uh, Michelle and Sal was leaving because of bad things? And I was like, no, he's going to go do nature. Uh, the French newspaper, uh, The Liberation reported that he is leaving after being investigated for abuse. He has denied that that is why he's leaving, but other employees at Ubisoft have confirmed, uh, about 15, that he was being investigated for abusive, toxic behavior. So it looks like he isn't necessarily leaving because he wants to. Uh, I guess he was hoping if he left before the investigation was done, the stuff wouldn't come forward. Uh, but it turns out Ubisoft is just a shit show internally. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I remember when Josh suggested that last week, I was like, no, 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 he wouldn't have made this whole announcement if it was. Cause usually when this stuff happens, people kind of just fade away, you know, they, they don't like make an announcement that yeah. they're leaving. They just walk away. Uh, of course this is all alleged stuff, but leaving when you're in the middle of an investigation is usually not a good sign. Uh, right. But yeah, just wanted to follow up on that. Dave, any thoughts on yet another Ubisoft like internal issue? Like, I mean, man. I feel I feel like this is similar to like this. We're just getting this huge wave, and I'm I'm not demeaning anything when I say this, but I feel like this is kind of like just the the Me Too wave that we had like a year ago or a year and a half ago, however long it was. Or two months keep, ago, it's continuing. I know it's still continuing, but we had a huge spike in it. Um, yeah, and I feel like this is just kind of like where people are feeling. Um, more comfortable or compelled to actually speak out, which is which is good. But then it's also like I think the only reason that they are feeling comfortable or compelled to speak out is because 
of you know their coworkers or somebody else has said something. Um, I mean, and, and again, I'm not trying to compare two things, but I used to have a really good relationship when I worked for Foot Locker with my um, auditor slash investigator. She was like the head of LP. And she would tell me that when she was interviewing people that they, she suspected of doing things or that she knew had done something, that they're like a glass bottle of ketchup, that once you get it to start going, they don't stop talking. Mm-hmm. So like with, you know, how you have a hard time getting ketchup out, but then when it finally comes out, it all comes out. Yeah, yeah. So, and I feel like that other people are seeing their coworkers and they're seeing people being embraced and maybe they wouldn't have said anything, which sucks that they felt like they couldn't have said anything. And, and for them to feel comfortable enough to speak out is fine. But then the other side of the coin is that perception and reality can sometimes be different and there's always two sides. So what maybe somebody was raised to be that think was okay and, and not being told that that bothered somebody for X amount of years to then find out much, much later that it was bothering somebody, then again, who knows what the alleged abuses is or isn't like there's, you know, obviously there's things that you're supposed to do in the workplace and things you're not supposed to do in the workplace. But I think sometimes I feel like it has such a bright light on it that sometimes the smallest thing can be made much larger than it is. And things that are supposed to be as large as they are, are made smaller than they need to be. So there's no, there's a no win scenario in that. I, in this instance, like we've seen that happen before where something gets blown out. Ubisoft has had so many of these. It just sounds like yeah. Ubisoft was just a boys club, which is why they started to clean up this year. And then they mm-hmm. kind of just had a force to like. Now I'm starting to think that Ubisoft saw the signs of what was coming sometime last year which is why they announced earlier this year like hey we're gonna change the way we develop games we're gonna shake up our editorial well they tried yeah they tried to pr it correctly and say like oh we want to refocus our video gaming aspects and that's going to cause some changes in the staff and probably 50 percent of that was true and the other 50 percent it is we need to get rid of some of these people and we need to have a logical reason for doing it yep and then it just snowballed and they lost control of like their messaging and spin And then now it's just this huge thing that they're just going to have to probably spend the next couple years, probably like building up some teams and or the or the head just needs to go away and they need to appoint a third. They need to hire a a new face, even if um, the the only problem is uh, uh, Guillermo, uh, whatever. uh, Yeah. Guillermo. Yeah. uh, um, uh, Ubisoft is owned by him and his four brothers. Right. So it's but I'm literally saying as, they as, have to I'm saying everybody. As a, as, as, well, I'm saying as a businessman, maybe he needs to realize that he needs to go away for a couple of years and he needs to hire like a president, CEO or CFO. And that's yeah. the person that needs to be on stage at, at E3 or on in, in front of the camera at Ubisoft forwards. And he just needs to go away and just be the quiet owner for a while. Just until I'm not saying he needs to sell Ubisoft or, or, or do any of that stuff, like because it's his business and he earned it. Um, but maybe from a, a, a business standpoint of like, OK, like I just don't need to be in the public until 2025 or something yeah he can't be the face anymore he can't be him and his brothers can't be his brothers are in the back and he's like the one that faces he needs to go he needs to go farther in the back and find he needs to find his phil spencer yeah he needs to be the millionaire billionaire that is just in the back collecting a check and not the one that's actually running the show they need to put can can you think about it like this though like think about if and I'm going to use a broad perspective for this, I guess. But think about if, for some reason, like Ubisoft hired Adam Boys, and yeah. and Adam Boys stood in front of 
the and did almost the same thing that uh ease did um that didn't even make it in the ubisoft forward i think that again the and i guess i would have to really again i'd have to see some more statistical data to see where ubisoft makes its most money most of its money from i would have to assume it's north america um yes and you know and so to put you know uh you know somebody that's very good at public speaking which i yep. think ease is not <laughs> and i think and no, it's partially yeah. because of his accent you know like I, I it sucks like but if you have a hard time understanding somebody just like you know for a long time it was hard to understand shoe um and then when we even we go to press conferences like even i love the press conferences but when you know like they put they have to put translators out there like i get it it's important like the, the guy made the game but when the street fighter 5 guy is always on stage and i'm like i don't understand what he's saying <laughs> it's yeah, just I, there, there could be some issues with that i i i don't really have that much of yeah. i actually i don't have a problem with that at all but i can totally understand from like the mainstream presentation thing that could be a little weird sometimes it could be a little awkward when the translator uh stuff we've seen with plenty of different press yeah. conferences where the like translator stuff is just a little awkward yeah. um which is why i think we're gonna see a lot more we're starting to see it now of just you know the pre-tape presentations that's the world we're gonna be mm-hmm. living in for the next couple well, years and i think the host is a great idea like when gabrielle union was doing all the hosting stuff when she was kind of on the Not gabrielle union, stage. Um, Ash, uh taylor yeah sorry i'm terrible with people's names as you guys know. yes Dwayne, you are, you Dwayne are. wade's wife no I'm just <laughs> no no wrong one. Oh, see I, I get them all mixed up then so but yep. when they were even like when um like playstation was putting the, the guy that out uh, on, on there before the spokesman um again I can't remember his name. Not part of not part of Sony. They hired him to do it. Like did the commercials and everything like that. Kevin Butler. Yeah. Um, that's why you have me here, yeah, you know. Exactly. Aisha Tyler <laughs> is the is the person that did the Ubisoft. Uh, Joe McHale was the one who did it before Aisha yeah. Tyler. I just think that sometimes it gives you a little bit more relatability and then, you know, cuz somebody goes, "Who's that guy?" you know, cuz they don't know or care that he's the head of Ubisoft, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, that's just a follow-up to to that should show that at ubisoft which sucks because they make good games you know mm-hmm. typically you know people really like their games but the people in charge are just they, yeah they've got some like they've got some good momentum going like watchdogs is getting good you know good previews assassin's creed valhalla is like people are like putting that at the top of their next gen list and then hyperspace you know, scrape already or escape yeah, already kind of disappeared I think that's just them trying to dab their foot in something that everybody else is getting money from um yeah and then you know, like going into like Immortals and Far Cry, like they they've got a good you know end of the year coming up, and you know like and I just feel like there's and it and it sucks because I feel like that people are gonna be like I'm not buying that game because I don't agree with the corporate management is doing, and it sucks for the people that are just working their ass off to make to make Watchdogs or make Assassin's Creed as good as it is in the environment that they are. Yeah. Uh, but that that that's it for that. Uh, let's go into a, another confusing and story that's probably going to be frustrating because it's just why does it exist? Uh, Amazon have announced their new streaming service, uh, Luna, which <laughs> they are going to have a you know beta uh, their their Stadia beta yeah. you know their beta of their version of Stadia slash Project X Cloud. And it will be available on PC, Mac, Fire TV, iOS, and Android in the future. It's five ninety nine a month for the Luna Plus channel, which will include hundreds of games, including Resident Evil Seven, Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale, The Surge, Ukulele, Grid, 
amongst other games. Uh, that'll be five ninety nine a month, and the controller is forty nine ninety nine. Basically, looks like the 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 Switch Pro controller. It's basically that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also announced they'll have a separate Ubisoft channel you can subscribe to. So it's Amazon jumping into the game. Dave, do you think Amazon should be jumping into this game? Do you think there's any like I, pro, Xbox is already going to be the leader in terms of like what they're offering? Uh, I, I don't care. I think how Xbox good... is going to be. I think Xbox is going to be the leader because of Game Pass and the, the the titles that come with it that are guaranteed to come with it. Yeah, Stadia's tech blows xcloud's tech out of the water like it just does it just works better but microsoft has the library with their service and that's Mm -hmm. why i think that's gonna win over stadia i don't know what amazon is really gonna bring to this game like bring to to this thing other than there's probably just i mean i think they look at it and there's a bazillion fire sticks in the world and they're like why not yeah this this is what this is what i want game pass to be though is i want game pass to be an app on roku or on fire stick or on apple tv that i just click on grab my controller and play my games like this that's what i want and that's close to what xcloud is doing on like tablets and chromebooks and stuff like and i can talk about that a little bit later but in order it like i think it's it's intriguing to me i'm not going to do it but it's intriguing to me that i have an amazon fire stick in my bedroom television that I could just have a controller on my nightstand and I could play a game. Like, that's yeah. intriguing to me. Is that intriguing enough to be worth $6? I'll have to see what the library looks like a long term. But based on the initial library that they showed, like, no. Like, that, I mean, because I already have Game Pass Ultimate. Um, and I'm again, I'm hoping that, you know, there might be in the future some type of direct app on an Amazon Fire Stick for me to launch Game Pass Ultimate on my Fire Stick in, in the bedroom television or on the Roku in my living room television or, you know at my parents house you know i think roku is the 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 play because amazon now that they have their service are they going to really let xbox jump in on the fire sticks we already know microsoft and ios aren't doing well together so they're probably gonna have a hard road to get into uh, like ios and i think roku carries a lot of weight in terms of the streaming stick service <laughs> mm-hmm um, and it's built into a lot of the lower end TVs. So if mm-hmm. they can run on the lower end TVs, that that would be very helpful for them. Uh, Just the t- those a lot of those lower end TVs don't have Bluetooth connectivity, which then affects your ability yes. to connect a controller. Yeah, they would have to probably come out with another controller to just do yeah. like, like, a, like Wi-Fi a X- Xbox Roku. <laughs> yeah, which I wouldn't be surprised if they you know partner with someone because that would be the the best market because they're going to have different issues you know going with a fire stick because amazon's got their own thing amazon's very yeah. strict with how they do that yeah this, so, this that essentially stuff. this essentially means no game pass on fire stick yeah at least for the foreseeable future yeah. uh that's gonna be the issue though you can technically sideload into yeah that's uh, too much work yeah yeah <laughs> i'm just saying you can you can you can do xcloud on a fire tablet uh yes. which is owned by amazon but the fire stick because it's android very, based yeah you can jailbreak a fire stick if you have to and probably get it running but uh, i bet you, so, you can't jailbreak a fire stick and run luna on it i don't know uh, <laughs> someone who works in uh retail uh man did fire sticks as soon as people found out about cody fire yeah. sticks sold like crazy people were jailbreaking them that you would not expect to be jailbreaking no no but i'm <laughs> saying that if somebody's sticks. interested in luna and they go oh i have a fire stick and they put luna on there i think they might be surprised what back end thing happens to their jailbroken fire oh stick. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah th- that's sure. what i'm saying sure. so the the 599 is intriguing that is the lowest entry level 
that we have uh just because project x cloud you kind of have to buy into the whole thing to get access to it you know the game pass ultimate and stadia is a la carte uh, and pro i think it's like ten dollars so the the 599 price tag is actually very especially if you don't especially if you don't have a console like mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't have a console like that that's that's intriguing like if you have an xbox like i feel like getting game pass ultimate and getting x cloud is just an extra layer yeah. yeah the only thing i wonder which we'll talk about later uh which they announced this shortly after microsoft announced their big acquisition how's that library actually going to look because right now we're in an arms race between sony yeah. and microsoft for buying publishers there's not so going to be a lot that- of non-sony non-microsoft <laughs> ips left <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's what I was looking at. Yeah. I'm just like, ooh, okay, they they got they got Capcom uh, on here. They have because it just feels like it's the same games Focus that have already Home. been kind of been free on Plus or have already been on Game Pass or like you know like a Plague Tale has been playable multiple places. Contr- I mean, Control I guess is a big deal, um, you know. But at this point, I've time, seen a I lot think, of Double A publishers in yeah. their list of 100 games. Of, at, you know, the at, 505s and yeah. At this point, though, I think 505 got what they wanted from Control. Uh, in terms of you know, I don't if they're gonna they're gonna get their PS5 and Xbox uh, Series customer no matter what. I think that if they're already buying a console and they want to play Control or they haven't played Control, they're gonna get that customer. But now they may have an opportunity to introduce themselves to somebody that doesn't because you know this thing is gonna be. When I turn my Fire Stick on, it's gonna be right there on the front page whenever it goes like full fully live. Yeah, and and it's at a low enough entry level that I could see them just rolling this into Prime. Yeah. Which so many people already have Prime just because of shipping, and especially during yeah, if they roll it into Prime, I'll play it just to play it. You know, if they roll yeah. it into Prime, and it'd just be one of those things that I have. Like, I forget that I have Prime uh, movies sometimes, and like I'll like check something on streaming, and it's like, oh, you just watch it here. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally the same way. I watch The Boys <laughs> on Prime, and that's it. And then yeah. occasionally, when I use the Just Watch app, I'm like, oh yeah, this is on Prime. Okay, I'll watch. I'll watch that. Uh, competition is good. Amazon has a lot of money to throw around. I just don't know if there's that many <laughs> companies to th- for them to throw money. Well, and at. they did. I mean, hopefully, to your point too, like you were talking about, like they have um, bought bought in a couple of game developers over the last year or two years, and it failed miserably with them. They have, but I mean, hopefully that now they're 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 still producing something in, in a little bit more of a long game, and then now that. You know, like maybe a cool thing comes out that's something that, you know, and the only way to play it is through Luna. Like, and that would be a good, a big win for them if something can come out that, who did they just buy recently? Um, God, I don't know, but yeah, uh, because they, they, they buy them and then they just make them an Amazon right. lumber yard. Well, when they, yeah. When we were, they bu- when they were buying them, they thought they were going to bring out a box. Like there was always that rumor that Amazon mm-hmm. was going to bring out a console. So yeah. And it turns out it's just going to be this. Um, so you, you just have them kind of competing and now I'm worried that because they have Amazon money, they could buy a publisher without even batting an eyelash. Yeah, they could. Uh, and 505. Yeah, they can easily do that if they want. Uh, so now I'm a little fearful. I'm, I'm okay with the arms race when it's Sony, uh, Microsoft. And I still think Nintendo's in, uh, like a dark horse in this buying thing because Nintendo has money. They just don't spend it. I don't want Amazon buying studios. Like, I really don't. Like, because mm-hmm. they they've have a bad track record with producing video games content. If they could figure out... No, never mind. That's not the right connection. I was going to do Facebook connection, but it's not the right thing. I was going to say it was yeah. like... So, never mind. I was okay. off my off track on that. So, moving on. Right. So. Okay. Let's talk about our favorite 
subject, next gen, next gen consoles. We can't get enough of these until we can fucking finally play them. And uh, someone popped in the chat saying, do we have PS5 pre-orders? Yes, I have a PS5 with the disk drive pre-ordered, and Dave has two, because he's a crazy person. <laughs> I believe in CYA, okay? So. Okay. <laughs> All right, um, so let's talk about this, because he brought it up, and, and we didn't, before we dip into the memory, and then the next story will be the next one. Yeah. Um, so Snake1972 asks, um, what is your opinion that PS4 saves will not transfer to PS5? Uh, I wanted to get the PS4 version to get the free update for PS5 to save some money. I believe you're talking about Spider-Man. Um, and I initially was annoyed when I saw this, but then I keep, you know, I, I keep forgetting that the Spider-Man that's going to be on PS5 is a fully remastered version of the game. Or so they say. Yes, they're claiming it's a full remaster of the game, <laughs> and it's going to have newer. Tro- it's going to have different trophies. And I and I believe it's going to include all of the content that released on the Game of the Year edition. Yes. So it is technically a separate SKU instead of it just working better on PS5. I and, still go ahead. And you can still play your PS4 version of Spider-Man on your PS5. Yeah, but that is starting to raise the question that everybody doesn't know the answer to yet because it's, this question has started with the PS Plus collection that they announced of all these PS4 games that are going to be on PS5. And what it appears to be is exclusive to PS5 as part of the Plus collection. Um, not, I got to be careful how I say this. Uh, you can play God of War on PS5 if you have the PS4 disc. So you're not going to just only be able to play God of War through the PS5 collection. But what people are starting to ask now is, is God of War going to run better than it on PS5 than it did on PS4? And I don't think it is. It- I think it's just going to play your game. That's the thing, especially with Microsoft. So I don't know if you saw Dave today, Microsoft... Uh, actually put the console in people's hands and yeah. let them play backwards compatibility games. Right. And they're seeing a crazy jump in performance in terms but Microsoft of like, frame has rates told, Microsoft has told us that since they no, started I know, the that's backwards compatibility. And but I think the it, questions like, are going to get louder yeah. because of yeah, the yeah, stuff that came sure. out today. But I, I feel like if Ghost of Tsushima or Last of Us Part 2 was going to be quote-unquote better on PS5, we would know that right now. Yes. I think... I, I feel like... The only logic I can think of, like, yes, it will play better just because more horsepower will be there. But I can also see, based on Sony's past with marketing, they don't want to hurt current sales for those games. That's so the only thing yeah, I can think of. I, I agree, and I, and I get that. And then Snake's also saying that there's also another rumor that Assassin's Creed and Cyberpunk will not transfer to PS5. So, I, again, I don't understand that logic because CD Projekt Red has come out and said, we don't have a next-gen SKU. Not yet. They will later down right. the road. So the version, I don't think you can buy a PS5 version of Cyberpunk. Yeah, you can go to the PS5 store and you can buy, buy Cyberpunk, but you're just getting the PS4 SKU. And Correct. It, it's the PS4 download. And same thing with Assassin's Creed. I don't I don't know. I mean, I think Ubisoft will do it because they're Ubisoft. But I think that if you really, if somebody really broke it down, and this would be really bad for Ubisoft, but I think this is this is 100% true in my mind. If you go to a store and you bought a PS4 copy of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and you bought a PS5 copy of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I think that if you opened the discs and ran the data off the discs, they're going to be the same data. Probably. And maybe, maybe just one line of code would be different to be like, yeah. unlock frame rate. So in terms of, tra- uh, of saves transferring, I don't. I, I think that you're gonna. I, I don't. I don't think that, that. I think 
transferring is not going to be a thing because you're going to be on the same uh, essentially you're going to be on the same ui like yeah you're gonna if whatever you're doing on ps4 is gonna like if if you move it to the cloud you're gonna pull it down and you're gonna play it on ps5 like i don't feel like there's gonna be this barrier where we you couldn't take something from ps3 and put it on ps4 you're gonna be able to move stuff back and forth on ps4 and ps5 like because i think it's gonna be the same essentially the same ecosystem if if you were on ps3 back in the day you could not if, if michael was playing a game on ps3 he could not tell that i was playing a game on ps4 if i was online but if i was on ps4 i could tell that michael was playing a game on ps3 i think that if michael's on ps4 in december playing a game and i'm on ps5 he's going to see that i'm on ps5 playing a game because they've already said that i can play destiny with somebody on ps4 they've already yeah. said i can play call of duty with somebody on ps4 so that's why i think that you're on the same network or interface if that makes sense yeah well, and, and here's the thing, like, because I saw people upset that the remastered version of Spider-Man won't use your PS4 save and were upset about it. You've never been able to do that previously. Like, when Shadow of the Colossus remake came out, I wasn't saying, like, can I use my save from the PS3 version of Shadow of the Colossus or the PS2 version of Shadow of Colossus in this new Shadow of Colossus on PS4? They I've just, said that too many times and I can't say it yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sony has just done a really bad job early on of making sure people understand that Spider-Man on PS5 is a remaster. They've done a terrible job of explaining that. Yeah, like they need a chart for it as much yeah. as I hate charts. And I also uh, think know, that people, I, and I looked at the date and I forgot how far it was because, you know, again, obviously I still haven't played it yet, but now I'm probably just going to wait. Um, they, I feel like it was, I, I was, I started to compare dates and I, and cause I thought I had a logical argument and I didn't of the time from last of us coming out on PS3 to last of us coming out on PS4 as the remaster was very short. I think it was like only like 18 months and then Spider-Man will be almost two full years. Yeah. So in terms of the time frame, it seems like it's okay. Like, I I think we'll really have to see. It sucks because like you said, like uh, Microsoft has put consoles in front of people's hands um, and the people are playing the games and checking it out and talking about how things are running and working and Sony hasn't done anything. There's a rumor that we're going to see some stuff on Sunday on PS5 gameplay coming up later on, later on this week. But um, it's just it's it's raising all these questions of people are like, well, what are you doing? And I, and I think that some of these questions might go away when somebody boots up Spider-Man PS5 remaster and goes, holy crap, like in terms of what it yes. does or doesn't look like. And I think that, you know, like that's going to be the case. And God, I hope it's the case, because if people are like, oh, he's got an extra I can see him blink like that's not going to do it. Well, no, and especially if like Sony is just like, hey, the load times are better. It's like, well, the load times weren't bad in the first place, right. and Xbox now has multiple videos. Of yeah, like loading Red De- I saw times. it today. Like Red Dead Redemption was like two two minutes and ten seconds on Xbox One X, and on yeah. Xbox Series X, it's like thirty four seconds. Yes, like, that's a lot. I, I, <laughs> like, I can't under I can't under sell how happy and excited I am for ssds on consoles because yeah. i've wasted too much time already all right so i didn't mean to like to derail that but i but i wanted to, to, to talk about that because you brought it up in chat and it's been something that was on the internet and i put it in the facebook group but then you talking about ssds leads into this one so this is not shocking like people have been talking about this for a year but xbox one terabyte storage cards cost 220 dollars Yes, they're proprietary. They're only going to be made by uh, Microsoft and Seagate, their partnership. So they set the standard. They set the price. It's going to be two 
20, which is fucking crazy because if you think about it if you're buying a series s it has 500 yes. gigs you want to expand a storage you might as well just buy the the one <laughs> yes, x at that sh- point yeah, you should but also this is in line with the memory chips that we believe are going to work in ps5 yes but the ps5 they're going to put the white list of or you know compatible drives which is good and it's going to be for multiple parties so Mm -hmm. there's going to be at least a pricing war for that and we'll see some price changes microsoft and seagate control this price so yeah and i think that the fact that they control the price at a sense that microsoft controls the price is that they can deal with it when it happens um i think that the the concern is at least you know from Microsoft's standpoint is that whether you you believe in this or don't believe in this is that they're controlling what what they know will work with their console versus because um, Paris brought this up I was I was talking to Paris no I was I wasn't uh, Paris and I messaged back and forth this week but uh, Paris brought it up like on a video or a live stream that he was talking about for Gamertag Radio where he said yeah there's going to be a value hard drive out there that works with PS5. But what happens if the failure rate is super high? Are you going to trust your, you know, your your newly generated PS5 game save to a hard drive that has a fifty, a possible fifty percent crash rate because you saved a hundred yeah. bucks? You know. Yeah, that, that, there, there's the pros and cons. Like Microsoft is, they can set the price on this. It's going to be set at two twenty, depending on. It's going to go down in thirteen months. <laughs> it's going to go down based on demand, which is going to rely on how many consoles they sell. Really, to be honest, it's going to be like, yes. okay, there's enough people buying the series s that we need to get these hard drives in people's hands they'll right. drop the price then uh sony yeah, so yeah, will that's put out what their... we were, yeah that's what we we're saying so the nvme2 um is you know is is in is in line like this is how much these drives cost one terabyte drives cost for a pc and yes you the ps5 will have an expandable memory slot um yes, and the drives that are compatible with it or the ones that we think will be compatible range are, from are 200 line, to 250 yeah are in line with the pricing of this my biggest yes. thing that i'm okay with because some people are like oh i found this one for 189 that's a one terabyte it's going to work with ps5 like okay yeah that's fine um but like how easy you know i'm okay in my mind like maybe you slide off one of the sides of ps5 and you insert it's an, this chip. It, it's an extra slot so yeah. there's already so it, it's going to be an extra slot yeah so in. you insert the chip in there and you slide the thing back on that that might be right um but you know because changing out the ps4 hard drive not that it was hard but it was challenging it can be challenging for some people it's not if you terrible. didn't know what you're doing yeah, yeah. for sure yeah um now with the xbox uh series it's a it's it's a memory card that you slide in the back of your console and you're done yeah like most that's, of that's the, worth a couple extra bucks to me that's worth the extra 20 bucks or 25 dollars in a price differential if i had to to if you're weighing the pros and cons i know why microsoft did what they did here's here's your cartridge stick it in the back you know and i i bet you know eventually down the road with the size of these games like especially if you have a series s and if these prices drop like it might be one of those things where you might end up doing a langford thing where you have video games from a to a a through h on this card and h through m on this card and you know (laughs) yeah like it's going to be simpler and people are going to be able to understand that it's it's sd card size thing that pops in and goes in there my fear with the sony one other than like so I'm happy about the Sony situation because there'll be competition in price and we'll see those yeah. prices fluctuate more than we'll see the series yes. S and X solution fluctuate. 
the only thing I'm worried about is you need very specific specs yes. to get it to actually function and run with your system the way it's supposed to. Which means you're going to have to rely on dumbass people at Best Buy or other brick and mortar stores when you go in and you're like, hey, I need an NVMe to drive for my system. And they're just going to be like, well, the Best Buy branded one is $80. Uh, the Samsung one that you need is $200. And then the person's going to be like, well, I guess I'll just get the $80 one. Like they'll p- still put that as an option. Right. You know, like retail employees would be like, just get the $80 one. It's the same part still fits. And then they're going to throw it in and it's just not going to work. Or it's just mm-hmm. going to like the fail rate thing that you were talking about. Yeah. So I'm hoping Sony does some sort of partnership because Sony, I think towards the end of this, like within the last year well, or they two. Started they started having PS4 branded hard drives. That's like, what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Like they they need a branded thing or yeah. work with a company to get a sticker. Yeah. On the boxes for these of like compatible with PlayStation 5 because you're going to have a lot of people, especially because it sounds like it's going to be easier because it's just an empty slot on your system that you're going to be able to pop it in to where it's not going to be as intimidating as a PS4 ones. I know people that are listening right now are like, it wasn't intimidating. You tell someone who isn't used to electronics to pop the hood of their PS4 and then open up their, you know, like with the screwdriver these and are, then these, take the, stuff these, out. This is the society that most people don't know how to jump their car. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Changing a tire them freaks them out. Yeah. You know, so, like, I mean, again, most of you that are listening to us are like, oh, okay, yeah, it wasn't that. Okay. Yes. Because you've, you've been able to browse the internet and find this show or you've been around us long enough that you know these things that are going on you've seen youtube videos you know to use youtube as a resource but again step back take your console to your neighbor's house and be like hey can you open this and they're gonna be like i'm not opening that (laughs) and even when you open it on like the uh the launch ps4s you open up that thing and you still have more stuff you have to interact with to get the hard drive out yeah so uh there there's a certain level of ease that could potentially be on a ps5 that could lead to situations where people are going to make mistakes and they'd be like yeah oh my god this new game i bought runs like shit and it's like well because yep. you freaking got the wrong yeah. i mean i fully expect drive to like put it on. you know to your point i fully expect one of the one of the, the sides of this thing to slide off um you yeah know, just just to slide right off and snap back on you know but yeah Usually MVMEs, they have like a screw that comes with them that goes right on to hold it down. I'm wondering what yeah. their solution is for that. If they're going to actually have like a panel open so you can screw that down or if it's going to be like a snap a in, slot yeah. that you just yeah. kind of pray. With, yeah, with rails on the side or something yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that it works. But yeah, so th- those are the cost of everything. Right now, Sony's plan looks better, but xbox's plan looks more convenient. It's just going to be. But I also think it opens the doors too for Xbox to make larger drives or smaller drives you know yeah like a 500 gig one would then bring you up to a terabyte for the series s that might be just enough uh for some people but the uh i wish shoney sony in the next week or two would be like hey day one this drive will work um because like even like cerny was like well during his talk we talked about that months ago he's like well the drives that we want to have used in there are are available to us, but we're not really sure if they're going to be available to the general public. And then the stuff that they, like Wario's been tweeting out this week that he's even putting caveats on there, like we believe this drive will work with PS5, but Sony hasn't said what the drive what drive needs to work with it yet. And yeah. we are now almost to October. <laughs> and if they make any sort of concessions of just like okay, that drive will work, but it's just like 
but is it going to be the best drive yeah. I can have? Now, like, and and again, the, the thing that I would tell everybody right now, don't pre-order drive. Don't, don't even buy that Xbox drive if you get an Xbox Series X, a Series, uh, whatever console you get. Um, it's, it appears to be that the all the rumors, and, and nobody's shot it down yet, is that you're going to be able to use your external USB HH, HDDs and move stuff back and forth. Is that moving it back and forth going to be faster or slower than just re-downloading the game? Uh, actually, uh, I don't on know. Xbox, it uh, people someone timed it already. Okay. Um, so how long some is it games, take? Uh, depending on the size of the game, two to I think ten minutes is okay. what I saw. So that will be faster than downloading. <laughs> yes. So yeah. I think if you you know go buy a two terabyte you know USB external drive and you know put you know like download your 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 six or seven games that you're playing um and the you know the you know you download your six or seven games that you're playing put three or four of them on your external drive and put two of them or three of them on your you know your your hh your ssd and then you when you want to you know play division just move something else off and put division back yeah. on you know like, but again that thing is only confirmed to be happening on xbox because sony has not fucking <laughs> talked yet so uh we'll, we'll see I'm hoping next week we'll find something. I just don't know if Sony... Sony probably would invite people to their headquarters to test this out as opposed to... Now I guess COVID. Said, yeah. Uh, who knows? The Sony's weird, though. They, you know... <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, let's get to the big thing. We've already talked a lot uh, yeah. about the current <laughs> things. But we missed this, so we're a little late talking about this. Uh, so get ready for us to reiterate everything that you've probably heard analyzed pretend this is espn and we're talking about the same fucking football game for a week um microsoft has purchased bethesda for 7.5 billion dollars and holy shit when i woke up monday morning and saw this i didn't believe it so we recorded late on sunday night and you know i stayed up and i was even and then we were up even later just talking to josh um so then i didn't have to i don't know i don't remember if i had to work or if i had to, if i closed or or if i was off you closed. but yeah but then i get a text message from michael before i wake up which is like happens like once every like five years because you're an hour ahead <laughs> yeah, of me to begin yeah, with yeah so I, I think michael had to work anyways but the fact that if i get any text from michael before 10 a.m something's going on <laughs> <laughs> dave's um, not on my priority list when yeah. i'm like up getting like <laughs> breakfast before work yeah. i'm like someone i got a text <laughs> I might only text him because I'm awake at 7 a.m. at work. That's something that comes into my mind, and it's more or less for me to text it to him just to, for him to read it whenever he reads it, not that I yeah. need any response from him at the moment. Exactly. Um, that, you know, like Bethesda, you know, Xbox bought Bethesda, and I'm like, what? So then I, you know, I roll over, and I think by at the same time, like, I looked at my phone, and my wife had tagged me in something on Twitter because she was already at work. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on here? And then I'm kind of scrolling through, and I'm like, seven and a half billion dollars. <laughs> To put in perspective, <laughs> Disney bought Marvel for four billion, and they bought Star Wars for four billion. LucasArts specifically for four billion. Yeah. Bethesda got almost as much as them for, I believe it's eight studios. But they and bought all their Z IPs. So Zenimax is in there too. Zenimax. Well, Zenimax the owns Bethesda. Yeah. So, so they, bought they, bought Zen Zenimax. they bought Zenimax. Which you know is the obviously is the, they they bought a publisher. They didn't buy a yes. studio. They bought a publisher, which is a which is even like crazier. Um, and there's all been all this talk and everything like that already. So you know, like Microsoft purchased Zenima for seven and a half billion dollars, therefore giving them eight studios, including Bethesda, um, Softworks, Idea, Arcane, and more. 
Um, so over 2,000 employees around the world. IPs now owned by Microsoft include Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, which is already going to come to Game Pass at the end of this month, yes. Wolfenstein, Quake, Dishonored, and more. Um, Microsoft will honor previous deals with PlayStation because they have to. Uh, they Ghost, have to. Ghostwire, to- uh, Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, still timed exclusives. Um, and, you know, obviously the thing you said with the perspective of uh, Disney and Star Wars. Okay, so I put this in the Facebook group and a couple of people got on me about this. But um, just alone from before purchasing Bethesda, the amount of revenue that they got from Game Pass, if they took the profits from Game Pass or the revenue from Game Pass, and obviously this is not how you do this, but they could pay for the purchasing of Bethesda within four years. Yeah. Just off, just off Game Pass revenue. Strictly. If they had, if all the 15 million people were paying the full amount, right? Well, it's gone up. It's gone up. Fi- it's gone up five million since June. Yes. And there hasn't really been any sales on it, other than the first month is a dollar for Game Pass PC. Yeah. And PC so that, just increased their price for yeah. just Game Pass by itself. And uh, this, this doesn't month. include Microsoft's money from console sales, or you buying the game on PS5 and I was putting money in Microsoft's pocket, and the people that are just going to buy the next Elder Scrolls for $70 on Xbox and not worry yeah. about Game Pass. So, like, this is huge. And the big conversation, and I don't know the answer that you're going to say to this, but I'm going to ask you this. Is Starfield going to be playable on PS5? No. I I feel like when they said, like, we will honor our current deals and everything else will be on a game-by-game basis, they're only honoring those deals because, one, it was already announced for those consoles and they don't want to get the bad look and to the i'm sure there's a buyout clause that they could have paid sony a certain amount of money to then remove that exclusivity and they didn't want to spend that money mm-hmm. or they didn't want to give it to sony they're like oh we'd rather just make exactly. our own money we'll, we'll make money from selling our game on your platform and then we'll throw our xbox logo on <laughs> your console just you know for the hell of yeah because now uh, when you boot up death loop it's going to say xbox game studios yes on your PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I think it probably already says for Minecraft, but it does. like Minecraft Dungeons. Yeah. But it's going to say that for some big games now. You know, yep. for like two potential big games yep. that are, you know, people are excited about. Um So I heard a lot of people saying it's mostly people that are upset that like they're going to potentially lose those these franchises, which are huge franchises. I don't blame PlayStation fans for being upset about it. I'm kind of upset, but I already going into this gen knowing I'm going to buy both. I'm kind of happy, especially mm-hmm. I can save a ton of money because I'm going in on Game Pass. Uh, I don't see like PlayStation fans upset that Final Fantasy 16 is right. timed or console exclusive for PlayStation. So I don't see Microsoft's incentive to put these on other consoles when they're trying to get Game Pass in as many people's homes as possible. So I don't think Starfield, uh, the uh, the next Elder Scrolls, uh, the next Fallout, I don't see those going to PlayStation because they don't have to and Game Pass is a big thing. Minecraft is still being supported on PlayStation because it was already there. Minecraft Dungeons was already kind of there as like you can't have Minecraft Dungeons only on Xbox, but then you have baseline uh, Minecraft everywhere else. Like it just doesn't make sense. But now that Game Pass is a thing, they would be silly to put that on PlayStation, 
even as an advertisement for Game Pass. <laughs> Unless they just figure out a way to get Game Pass to run on PlayStation. Which they, they won't. <laughs> they wanted to do it on Nintendo. Nintendo yeah. didn't want to do it. So uh, the thing that the biggest thing that this does, that I feel like this does, even if these games do end up going multi-platform, which I don't think they will, I agree with you that these games will not be multi-platform. Ga- game Pass that, changes everything. Right. Like, well, and, that, and the reason why it changes everything is because everybody's been, the thing that people have been pointing at with Game Pass, look at the games that left, look at the games that left, look at the games that left. Okay. Because like, I don't want to Netflix my video games. Like that's, that's bull. Okay, I'm not saying that you're wrong. But now, Bethesda is an Xbox studio, which means every single game that they release will be on Game Pass forever. Yes. And their previous catalog will then be there as well. Forever. Yeah. So even if you are just buying Game Pass for first-party because if you buy a first-party game, if you own an Xbox and you buy a first-party game for $70, I'm sorry. I just think you're dumb. It just yeah, doesn't the make only, sense. The only, unless it's a cool collector's edition that you're like, I need to have this collector's edition, I don't think there's a reason to buy the $70 game. You should just game. get Game Pass. Like, yeah. Um, and uh, most games are live for services either, so you can't even use the excuse of like, well, if the servers are down, I can't play my game because most games are going to have some sort of freaking online connectivity yeah, anyway. I, I just I, it, it just doesn't make sense it's like going to you know is it's as bad as it's like going to the store like yeah and, and buying house of cards on disc on, on dvd when it's on netflix yeah. it's not going anywhere it's netflix made it like it's not going anywhere yeah. so i don't think it's kevin house of cards <laughs> might be something you know the show the, the show itself is gone it's, it's not being done yeah. anymore but if somebody wants to go back and watch season one they can on netflix as long as you have an active netflix i'm, I'm just saying it might be harder yeah. to buy a dvd of house of cards now than it is to stream it on netflix. i don't even think it, is it available in dvd yeah they, they okay. were releasing those on dvd but i still think any like netflix original you know yeah, that I, I think that it's weird for you to go buy that on you know like yeah you know 30 years down the road is netflix gonna be gone maybe you know but I, I just i don't get it and then if i feel like if you're a fallout fan if you're a starfield fan if you're an elder scrolls fan like you're buying an xbox if you're no, not playing well, on pc well it's, it's funny though when sarah sarah's the one that like woke me up and it was like michael like you had to wake up for work and also Bethesda was bought by uh, Microsoft. So, and she's a big Elder Scrolls fan. So yeah. she's just like, she's like, oh, you can get an Xbox now. <laughs> like she immediately, because that was a thing. And she's like, Michael, you're not going to get Xboxes for Game Pass because you have a PC. Uh, and then this, she's just like, well, now I want to play Game Pass games because all the Elder Scrolls <laughs> games are going to come there and they will all come to there. Like it, they, they own them now. There's no reason yeah. to stop the whole backlog from coming to game pass um so now she's like hey you, sh- you should get an xbox you should totally get that like 35 dollar a month thing because i want to play the new ones and not have to pay 70 dollars for them because and, you're already going to have that service and then the stuff that we've already been hearing within the first seven to ten days is of like complete engine overhauls for fallouts and which for- they already kind of announced but i still don't believe them i just but hope- i believe it now with microsoft's money Potentially, they were doing pretty well with money. They were really set no, on their. I, I know, engine. but I'm saying that like now they, okay. So Fallout 76 was rushed, and it was rushed yes. for whatever reason. Maybe now they they don't now have need... someone else in charge that can yeah tell them like no we can those. afford a three month delay we can we can absorb the payroll to make it right. 
or you know. is this worth it? Like, is this game a good idea? Mm-hmm. No, let's not do it. Uh, just like they've stumbled a little bit with Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein 1 yeah. came out and it was it set the world on fire. And then, you know, the the stuff after it, you know, that, that co-op game and then 2 stumbled a little bit. Now they have Microsoft to be like, is that good? Not that Microsoft's great at this. I mean, look at Halo yeah. 5. Look at the last Gears game. Though that was actually pretty good. The previous Gears game before yeah. that one. Uh, so Microsoft's not perfect at this, but at least it's another set of eyes to like... Yeah, but I think Phil Spencer's gonna be like, all right, hold up. Just pump the brakes for a second. Let's talk about this. Like, let's let's yeah. let's, 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 let's break it down. Like, and let's see if it's, you know, something we can do or... How know. buggy can we make this game? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, like... How, it's like, gotten to we... the point where I was talking to somebody that a friend of mine that streams and I was talking to him about it and he's like, well, Bethesda games are... Is it a bug or a feature? I'm like, that's not how the game's supposed to work. <laughs> like, but that's how Bethesda games have been. Um, and it, this also gives like people haven't really been talking about it up, but Microsoft's been trying to find like a, like an in, in the Japanese market. They now have Tingle Gameworks who's doing uh, Ghostwire, uh, Tokyo. Like they have now like a Japanese studio run by a big Japanese name, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to work with. So they have that, uh, you have id who, they can probably hire John Carmack again, who kind of Bethesda hated John Carmack. They kind of like took his baby away from him. Now Microsoft can come in and be like, take another shot at doom or we need to get quake going. Cause quake can be the next esport. Yeah. That Bethesda it's wanted. A, we put it in the Facebook chat. Somebody's like <laughs> halo with doom speed. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> it makes really gorgeous <laughs> games that id tech powering the next halo yeah could be a and to match think made that, in heaven and here's the biggest thing too to think that like oh well like bethesda's just going to be bethesda like so like gorilla helped kojima yeah you know like like they're gonna they're gonna pa- talk to each other they're gonna help each other if 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 for some reason bethesda is figures out an engine thing like that engine thing will be used at three four three. That engine thing will be used at you know Ninja Theory if it if it fits what they're trying to do. And, and this is, you know, the biggest thing that you know people were talking about a pre- this current gen, almost previous gen now is Xbox doesn't have any games. Well, they fixed that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so they went from fifteen studios to now twenty three. Uh, right. They but went like from E three last year. I think they were in single digits. Right. Yeah, because they bought five studios and then they yeah. bought like two more this year. Uh, so now they have the first party lineup because now you have you have Halo, you have Gears, you have Forza, you have Fable, you have Banjo. Uh, Banjo could be on the level of like a Ratchet and Clank if they wanted to use Banjo again. You just now have, you, you have, have you have Rare. You have a very very yeah, talented studio. Like. <laughs> You have the potential in Rare to be like another Insomniac because it used to be (laughs) like Insomniac, kind of. Uh, So you have that. And then now you have Wolfenstein. You have Dishonored. You have Fallout, which is going to have a TV show next year from Amazon, which has potential to be huge for them. Uh, But I also think like a studio like Rare, now that you when when Rare was purchased by Microsoft, they were in the single digit studio. So it's like, hey, you got to You got to make something. You you know, we got to have something first party. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. And now there's 23 studios. So, yeah, they could release in theory a first party game every a different first party game every month for almost two years. They can finally have the thing that Sony was so good at where. God of War and Spider-Man came out the same year. 
Yeah. And I think Days Gone came out the same year as well. So they had three games, two, because Days Gone was okay. But mm-hmm. Spider Man and God of War were competing against each other for game of the year. Yeah. You know? And then you have Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us in the same year. Yeah. And Microsoft, to this point, were maybe they would have one first party title. Maybe yeah. one Possibly first party you had title. Halo and Gears at the same time. Maybe. Yeah. And now they can just compete against themselves. Um, so. This is huge with what it could end up doing uh, for for Microsoft. Uh, my question is, which I had fun on Twitter. I went in one of my Dave things, but instead of on a Facebook group, I was on Twitter <laughs> where I just like talk about games. Uh, does Sony need to answer? Do you think, because now Sony has only like, uh, hold on, I, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. Sony has 13 studios. Mm-hmm. Do they need to answer? Do they we need, already know do they've they been need looking. To, do they need to answer? No, I don't think they need to answer. Do I think that they're going to answer? Not in the next six months. No, because a big deal like this doesn't just happen in six months. But, but if you want to put in a sports world, when a team in your division signs a big free agent, you're going to be mm-hmm. like, shit, we need to probably also compete if we want to you know, actually have a shot. So just do you, I, I was theorizing on Twitter yeah, with a couple I, I, people. I, I saw this I, uh, square, square, square would be the thing. If they square could buy would be the square. Thing. Yeah. How is square worth more money than Bethesda? I don't or think so Zenimax? because what is square a publisher? Yes. Okay. So they have a, they, they publish as square Enix. Yes. Okay. Cause so I, they, I had never heard of Zenimax until Monday. <laughs> See, I knew Zenimax because I'm, I'm nerdy like that. Um, Square Enix is a publisher. They have multiple internal studios, uh, but then they also own... So they also own like a cloud gaming service. They own multiple online gaming services. They have a whole business unit. So there's more than just video games yeah. that they um, do. Yeah, I think that uh, that would make them worth more than... Worth more, right? Um... And then, you know, they also, they publish the Avengers. Uh, they they own, like, the Deus Ex studio. Mm-hmm. They, they own a bunch of other studios that aren't just the Japanese yeah. studios. Um, do you think they would be worth more, or do you think they value themselves more than ZeniMax? Because I feel like ZeniMax has put a price out there that it's just like... I think that they are worth more based on, I mean, with, with looking into some of the stuff that they have, some of the IPs that they... they IP partnerships. I mean, because that Marvel's is a partnership. They don't own the IP, obviously. Yeah. Um, Like, so there, there's a couple things that are going with that. And to, I would be curious... To, I would have to really look at what Square owns outright because obviously mm-hmm. ZeniMax Bethesda owned their stuff outright. Um, The one that I think would be crazy is based on what we were talking about earlier do you see one of these companies buying ubisoft and they're in kind of turmoil so like like if sony bought ubisoft that would but here's a question i don't think ubisoft is as worth as much as bethesda or Zenimax. i think it would be half i don't think it'd be half i think it'd be pretty close i mean some of those franchises like rainbow six alone as an esport like Bethesda does. I mean, Quake's kind of that, but not really. Yeah, uh, I I think Bethesda would be, or Zenimax is worth more just because of the the IP 
the the IPs are worth more and then you're getting more studios. I though Ubisoft has like an infinite number of studios it seems yeah. how they make games. Uh you know what uh, I found hilarious though, uh which people were tweeting stuff out. Um Microsoft last year bought Obsidian. Obsidian used are the creators of Fallout. Yeah, Fallout. They New had Vegas a fault. Yeah. yeah, they 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 Obsidian made Fallout. They lost Fallout in a sale when Zenimax bought Bethesda and bought some other things. Um, then Obsidian had a shot of making New Vegas. They hated that experience because the Bethesda engine shit, the creative engine, was just a mess to work with. So then, you know, they did their own thing. They made Outer Worlds, which is just Fallout in space. Right. Uh, Bethesda then is like, hey, we're going to do Fallout in space. It's called Starfield. Um, then just two months ago, Microsoft and Obsidian announced basically an Elder Scrolls game made by Obsidian. And now Obsidian and Bethesda are sister studios. <laughs> like, how fucking awkward is that? But also now Obsidian could make a Fallout game if they mm-hmm. wanted. Like, yeah. Microsoft can be like, hey, Obsidian, the creators of Fallout and Fallout New Vegas, mm-hmm. they can do their thing now. Yeah. Uh, so... I, I know, like, I was theorizing about, like, you know, like, Sony can answer answer this, and, uh, like, Square is the only big one I can think of. Everything else, I feel like, wouldn't feel... Unless they got EA. Impactful. <laughs> Inle- yeah, which, like, I... So EA, or I think, EA Sports. Like, they would have... Yeah. Well, EA, yeah, video, EA video game. I guess it's all EA. I, I, I feel like, yeah. for some reason, I think... I thought it was, like, some, some other company, but... I, I think EA and Activision are just untouchable. Like, those companies are doing their own thing. They're doing their own thing successfully. Um, and they have, like, shareholders that they probably would answer to that would... Which would be the same thing for Ubisoft, I think, too. Yeah. Um, Ubisoft, I think, might be too big or too complicated. And also, fuck, Sony probably... Like, until Ubisoft gets their shit together, I don't think anyone's going to be, like, trying to buy Ubisoft. Yeah. Uh, the only studios I can think of, you mentioned earlier, like, if Amazon bought 505 Games, it's like, 505 Games... I don't think they really own too many IPs that would be of value because mm-hmm. they're they're strictly a publisher. Um, Capcom makes the most sense, like in terms yeah. of like smaller publisher that they, they can get for like a good bargain and have worthwhile IPs. Though I think Nintendo would come out of the dark if Capcom said it was for sale, and Nintendo would open up their war chest finally and be like, "No, fuck that. We want Street Fighter. We want Mega Man." Right. And then Nintendo would probably come in there. Uh, Square, like I pulled up, Square owns Crystal Dynamics. They own Idos Montreal. They own Tokyo RPG Factory. They own a ton of studios. So Square would probably be the most expensive one. Sega slash Atlas could be something, though. That's another one. I feel like if Sega said they were for sale, Nintendo would pop up out of nowhere and be like, "We want Sonic," like, yeah. uh, and go for it that way, or we want Sonic and all those you know RPGs. Um, it it's just funny because like you know just a month ago we were talking about you know Sony is like open to more offers but I wonder if now they they whatever teams they were looking at or team developers they were looking at do they pull back on of just like shit it's just it's gonna look like we're trying to play catch up you know if they buy like one studio because yeah. they spent like two hundred fifty million for Insomniac they spent like what 250 million for one percent of epic yeah <laughs> you know so it's just a question of just uh how 
how much is Sony willing to spend if they feel like they need the answer, but yeah. you're right. It's not going to be anytime soon. I guess the easiest counter would be try to go get WB games. Like this, yeah. that would be the easiest, like quick counter. Um, yeah, you, you get a, you get a, you get a ton of IPs with that. Um, you know, and it probably won't, it wouldn't cost as much as Zenimax did. Um, no, but they would then be releasing a bunch of stuff on Xbox because all that stuff's been previously announced. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I think that the criticism of like, oh, Microsoft's just buying its first party. Well, Sony did too. Sony bought Naughty Dog. Sony bought Sucker Punch. Um, you yeah, know, like, like they a, had a, relationships after, on it. Yeah, after they had already paid these companies to produce profitable products for them, they decided to make them part of their company. Like that's the thing is like, and then like I think I'd have to look it up again. I was looking at it before, and I I could be wrong, but I I feel like Uncharted One was made before they owned them. <sighs> Mm, they might have purchased them right around the same time. I yeah. feel like I, I know can look that inf- up. I, Infamous One. I'm almost a hundred percent sure it was made before they owned them. Uh, when I was looking, I would have to the, check that. One. Yeah, when I was looking some of it up. So I mean, those are the two most recent. Like other than Insomniac, those are the two most recent studios that they've acquired. And mm-hmm. Insomniac was the no brainer. They'd already been producing exclusive IPs, profitable product for them. So like that, you know, like that was like the the no brainer. Yeah, sure, they went and did, you know, Sunset Overdrive. Um, but I feel like any of these one-off studios in 2020 can't be a one-off studio anymore. I guess the only one that you would say is like a one- or two-game studio that's one that I would classify as a quote-unquote one-off is CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Uh, Sony acquired Naughty Dog in 2001. So they okay. way before Uncharted. Yeah, but it was uh, after, like, it was... At, they, they, they made... Um, the crash games crash games before they were owned by sony but sony sony paid them to make them yeah because they, they were owned by universal and universal got out of the gaming thing yeah so when did they buy sucker uh, punch uh let me see about that because like I, I i was looking at some of it when i was like trying to have this conversation with when you know when people were talking about um but prior to the bethesda purchase of like how game pass is working with the first party studios and 2011 yeah so that was and i believe infamous came out before 2011 yes yeah yeah so um but then obviously when they bought sucker punch they are or sony has already owned infamous and they paid sucker punch to make it um, yeah, yeah. Sucker punch this happens sly. all the time so, yeah yeah so Th- that happens all the time uh yeah. so i it like I, I i've been like going back and forth on it like i'm excited that these studios are like being bought because i like a good console where it gives us stuff to talk about but then at the same time it scares me having all these great publishers and developing teams under one umbrella in case shit goes wrong yeah you know you lose a lot of talent well it turns into kind of like sort of what happened for a long time with like cars like you had three car car companies essentially and they all made all the cars and then over time you started seeing other car companies start showing up and, and being competitors yeah there was always other car companies you know but now it's like you're you're not wrong now it's going to be like do I, pay, you know, like the, the the legitimate question is, you know, even two years down the road, if if you don't own a PS5 or an Xbox Series, like, do you go to the store and you're looking at it and it's like, okay, so you know, three hundred dollars. Let's say they both cost three hundred dollars. There's a price drop or whatever, and you can get the X, the Series X or the PS5 for three hundred bucks. Like, do I buy the, you know, the, this console for three hundred dollars and pay, you know. 50 to 70 dollars for every game i purchase or do i buy this box for 300 dollars and give them 15 dollars a month and play 150 games like and it's it's two completely different directions um 
but it, it's it's fascinating and it, it's cool um and it's it's pushing both studios it's pushing both companies to to do things and and it's just it's just going to be better for gamers like we 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 win when this happens in, so, a, in we, a short term we don't know yeah. what long-term effects this will have but in the interim right now this is like going to be a really good couple years for the start of this launch <laughs> of these but consoles you, if you were if so and the majority of our listeners are playstation players and, and i'm in the same boat if you and i i bought destiny because i owned a, P, a ps3 and i got a ps4 at the time but if you bought a ps4 because of the destiny exclusivity that they had at the time whether it was that really cool white ps4 or that you were you know buying the next bungee game because you enjoyed playing it and the better and the better stuff was on playstation if you bought that five years ago or six years ago whatever you cannot be mad that xbox bought bethesda yeah, no, it's it's the double standard stuff. It's like I meant when I talked about Final Fantasy 16. You didn't see anyone upset that Final Fantasy 16 was exclusive to PlayStation. You know, people were like, "Oh yeah, of course it is." You know, and now Microsoft is like, because Sony's been buying uh, exclusive content like this entire generation, mm-hmm. like De- Destiny, Call of Duty. Um, yeah. you know, like it's, uh, it's Street it, Fighter. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, Street Fighter wouldn't have happened if Sony didn't do it. So shouldn't Sony yeah. get the credit for it? Okay. Now, quote unquote, possible better Bethesda games will happen because Microsoft is funding it. Yeah, Microsoft has gotten better though. They fucked up Master Chief Collection, but they fixed it eventually. So mm-hmm. they they have gotten better with that stuff. But yeah, no, agreed. Like there's potential. That like a second QA team will look at the Bethesda games, or maybe say like Fallout seventy six shouldn't exist, um, or say and, that game can't come out in October; it's coming out in February. Yeah, like <laughs> hey, we already have three other games coming out this yeah. year from our first party studio, so Go let's back like and spread fix this it. out. <laughs> yeah, you have time now because yeah. before Bethesda, like Bethesda, I think Fallout seventy six was the game Bethesda released that year. Mm-hmm. Like that was the game. So it had to come out no matter what. And but now, now they they're can, in But a, now they can go away. Like Sony Santa Monica went away for a little while and we didn't hear yeah. from them and they were working on stuff and a couple of things got canceled and you know and and then they went and paid for Corey Barlog to come back to work and God of War. Like how long was Bend quiet for? Like Sony Bend was quiet for a long time because Horizon was doing well and you know, infamous whether you liked it or not. Infamous Second Son existed, and you know, yeah. Uncharted Four existed. Like these, these other things that people could play and buy the time of, you know, making them think, yeah, it'd be cool to know what they're working on. But I've got all this other stuff to play. And you know, Microsoft was like, okay, what's Rare doing? Like, you know, five years ago, like, well, where's Rare's game? What, 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 what do you have Rare doing? What, what are they making? Like, <laughs> yeah, because you had such they- a small, compacted library, and now our studio library. Now you don't. Yeah, like people were like really upset. Like, where the, where's Fable? It's been so long since we've yeah. seen a Fable. And but now then it comes out be... broken. You're like, this is bullshit. This is why you know Microsoft shouldn't have bought you. Like, okay, stop it. Yeah. So like now they have a bench they can work at. They, you know they they don't have to like tire out their starters, which is yeah. like Halo. Halo doesn't need to be a yearly franchise or a biannual franchise. So it doesn't have to be anymore. They can tell. The Halo team, 343, like, take your time, because we have fucking Starfield coming out next year. Yeah. And then after that, we have uh, Elder Scrolls coming out. You know, they, yeah. they have stuff to work with. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Everything is on fire. Everything's kind of crazy. I love it. 
because it gives us stuff to talk about until we get these damn consoles in our hands. And then, oh, and by the way, that was a hundred and ten percent plan the day before pre-orders. A hundred and ten percent plan. Oh, for sure. Plan. Yeah, that that because the deal wasn't finalized because these deals take forever. Yeah. As soon as they got like the confirmation, like okay, we're gonna hit into the finalization aspect of this, you know, billion dollar and then, deal, and then them putting it on Game Pass, uh, putting Doom on Game Pass like next week. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. But like how annoyed was amazon when they announced their thing and then they realized like shit like okay we can't talk to bethesda anymore right like stadia doesn't have bethesda games to work with they had doom like doom and doom eternal were like a big showcase yeah. for them because like look how quick this is uh well it's fascinating the- to me that you talked about it like um like ubisoft, ubisoft it, it if ubisoft works on luna like it like it might like you're saying there might be a specific ubisoft channel to it and i can get access to a ton of ubisoft games for six dollars a month sign me up as long as the tech as long as the tech works sign me up that's a huge library like yeah and and that's the only question yeah does the tech work it's the same reason why stadia is struggling because it's it's a la carte it's great that you don't have to have a console but need the library which is why people are excited about xcloud uh that's all, right. all the news <laughs> we can move on so, what have I'll, you do been playing? Qu- I'll do a quick playing and watching um you i know you have a review so um so speaking of xcloud um i started really really tinkering with this and 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 figuring out what worked and what didn't work um so it works really well on my samsung s9 phone what um, works uh xcloud i said okay. speaking of xcloud Oh, okay, okay. But I've been spent t- time really like a- tinkering with it. So. Okay. Um, so uh, you, you cannot download the games. I think I at one point in time said that there was a download function. That download function just kicks the download off on your console or your PC. So yeah. um, it works. It worked really well on my phone when connected to Wi-Fi. I haven't really put it through the paces of trying to be on 5G. I, I, the little bit I did at work wasn't great. Um Connecting the Xbox controller to the Bluetooth is, is super easy, um, and it, it was running really well. I have an old like Galaxy or Samsung Tab E tablet um, mm-hmm. that only has a 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi connection, and it doesn't like that. It really wants you to have a 5.0 gigahertz connection, um, but it still worked. Um, it was okay, I, I, and I I put this through the pace with Destiny. So like this this is this is the game I play on a regular basis. And I went into PvP, like I was. I put it right into the pace. I was connecting to other surf, other people. Um, as Michael's getting clawed by his cat, trying to put it on screen. Um, no, no, he's trying to get on screen, and I'm trying to pick him up and put him on the couch. <laughs> um, so the phone was great. The tab, the tab e tablet was so so. Um, my daughter's two year old Chromebook actually did really really well and i was actually surprised it worked on a chromebook but a chromebook has an android based operating system yeah so it worked really well on there um so i was actually pretty impressed with that the only problem is right now owen's using the chromebook for virtual learning and it stays at the babysitter's house sometimes which kind of (laughs) sucks um but it did make me want to look into getting one of those controller clips um not the controller that clicks onto the side of the phone but the one i could take my xbox controller and clip it to my phone so I don't have to hold my phone. Um, so like that's super fascinating to me. And then it also got me starting to look at tablets, which my wife's going to kill me. But um, it seemed like the little bit of like reading and, and, and YouTubing I was doing that 
that Galaxy Fire tablet might be like the best value, like that $120 tablet, the the 10-inch one, um, in terms of ability to run it. Like, yeah, like there's a, you know, like you get like a Microsoft Surface or something like that, and that'll run it great, but that's like a $700 tablet. <laughs> yeah. So, but I was actually really impressed with it. Um, playing, I, Owen was playing like Super Lucky Tail. I put a picture in the, on Twitter and, and in the group of him playing uh, Super Lucky Tail. He didn't, he wasn't getting annoyed while he was playing it. He's terrible at the game because he's five, but. Um, you Were know, you so plugging in or Bluetooth? Uh, that was, for the Chromebook, I had plugged it in. Um, okay. The other tablet, the other tablet, I had Bluetooth it, and I couldn't, and I can Bluetooth it to the Chromebook as well. Um, but the plugging it in, it appeared to the Rumble appeared to work, so because it's plugged in, so that's you know that was always good. And I just you know I was, I only have one Xbox controller, so I'm like, is it connected to my phone? Is it connected to the tablet? Is it connected to the Chromebook? Is it connected to the P- to the Xbox? Is it connected to the PC? Like I just I didn't necessarily want to remember all the time, um, but I was really impressed with that. So. Um, so I'm gonna try to ch- check out some other games on there and uh, and and really see how that's that's gonna work. Um, and then I went back to Division Two. Uh, they brought out another season. I think it's like technically like season three. Um, so I had realized I really hadn't finished Warlords of New York 100%. So I kind of got got that done. Got out of New York, and they released this uh, this seasonal activity or new activity called the Summit. Um, the Summit is a skyscraper. Um, and it's a hundred floors, and it's essentially a horde mode per floor. You, every ten floors, you get a boss. Um, and I, you know, went in with a couple, uh, you know, Randy and Justin from that listen to the show and play games with us. And um, like the first like floor one through ten was pretty easy. And then because you can right now you can jump up to like floor fifty one if you want to. And each set of ten floors has you know, modifiers and different challenges. Um, and we, I was like, so when we had like three of us, I'm like, let's go to floor twenty. Got our ass kicked, like. <laughs> like so bad it's been so long since i played that game and um like looking at builds and 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 like this is the i feel like this uh, this hundred floor event might be where the division can truly shine because you know you just you know like they're the raids seem like they're really cool but they're eight players you can match make in the summit um i don't know if like the the loot and stuff coming from there is, is any good or not but like i just had fun like playing that game and it kind of made me want to go back and look at look at my gear and, and figure that stuff out so um just it's been so long since I've been in there and looking at weapons and I started looking at a couple of YouTube videos and there's so much depth to that game. Um, you know, like hopefully the rewards from the summit are worth it. I'm not hearing any things like anybody like super praising the rewards from there, but I'm not pe- hearing, seeing people like completely crap on it either. So, um, I, I will kind of start, you know, dabbling back into that again, trying to get some of my, you know, my gear at more of a current, you know, current level and try to really maybe make a build. Um, so if you are interested in playing the Division Two, like just hit the, uh, I'm playing on PS4 right now, so just um, you know hit us up. The thing that is, is also interesting that I believe that means that Division Three is more in works. Uh, again, another content creator that I know he did a cr- pretty cool video on this, and uh, during their state of the game, um, Massive, the studio that makes Division, said that the Division Two will work on next gen consoles, but they are not doing any upgrading to it. Uh, okay. which means they're doing division three <laughs> probably and it's probably going to come out in the next six to nine months <laughs> yeah it might be too soon but yeah uh, division two came out two years after division one and we're getting I mean, there two years again a, yeah. yeah okay so because warlords was kind of the kicking off of year two and that was in march so um so i mean we'll have to see but uh 
that's pretty much really all I played. Um, I did, you know, I watched the Lions win on Sunday. Um, that, you know, they actually won a game, which is amazing. So, but, all right, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, all right, so first game I'm going to talk about. Uh, this isn't a review. I just I'm going to go what I'm playing before I do the review. Uh, I dabbled in uh, WWE 2K Battlegrounds. We were sent a code uh, to cover it. Um, so game this year for WWE, they skipped their annual release because the last game was a trash fire so they're taking a year <laughs> off and they put out this arcadey game called M- wwe 2k battlegrounds nba jam wwe <laughs> yeah uh it's made by the same team that made the nba playgrounds i believe okay. that was it's called yeah, yeah, uh so this is like a cross between like wwe all-stars which came out last gen and a mobile game like in terms of how it looks and how it kind of plays uh it's a real simplistic style it's like it's very easy to pick up and play and it's actually kind of fun like the gameplay is simple enough uh uh, especially in comparison to how overly complicated the previous wrestling games have been like this is a nice simplification with it to match the very bizarre art style that this game has uh they kind of just look like they're in big head mode but their their bodies are in proportion they just look weird they they they, they just look off uh, it's fun it's fun pop mode <laughs> kind of yeah uh i got used to it i actually some wrestlers look better than others in terms of like fitting their like look and character design into this art style so some wrestlers look better than others others sometimes just look scary as all hell um so the game has its 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 art style going for it. Uh, the, there's a story mode uh, that's like cutscenes are done through comic book panels where Paul Heyman is told by Vince McMahon to make your own wrestling league, and he basically wants to make regional fight clubs, basically like person in New York. So you play generic New York character who then has to defend his turf against other wrestlers that are actual wrestlers from the WWE. Um, so that's kind of interesting, though a little disappointed that it's like the generic characters that they have are just real bad. Uh, there is a creative character you can use for outside of the story mode. Uh, so it has a basic art style or a basic like story arc for you to go. And the gameplay is fun enough for what it is. But the biggest problem I have with this game early on is most of the roster is locked behind in-game currency and microtransactions or microtransactions um so they have a random assortment of like wrestlers available to pick from the start uh to just play in the free modes and you basically have to play the story or play the other online modes to unlock the in-game currency i did about 15 matches and that basically equated to me being able to unlock two like mid-tier mid-card wrestlers because the main event wrestlers or the, the like the the big names like the legends cost a, a large amount of currency to unlock. Uh, so it's kind of a grind for you to get all the characters early on, uh, which sucks that like for such a, an experience, it's like, Hey, this is like the fun and easy WWE game. Locking all of those behind a grind is a really like, before like i'm like completely confused on why they would do that other than they wanted to make money because they do have their in-game store where you could just buy gold coins to purchase the wrestlers though when you go to the 
the menu. It doesn't tell you how much the gold coin packs cost until you get to the PlayStation store. And then it just takes you straight to checkout. And then you see how much it costs. And it's just, it's horribly priced. And it, I feel like it's kind of icky how they're, you know, handling, unlocking like some of the big names, especially when a lot of the big names that are just on the cover cost a shit ton of currency to unlock. Like the ones on the cover should just be available right away to play but instead you get like a random assortment of wrestlers that makes no sense does why f- you get to start with those does the fact that the game is 40 dollars soften the blow at all no because i still think they're overpriced uh for what they're doing uh it's a wrestling game that the big advertisement they've been doing is look how huge our roster is and then when you jump into the game for your first match and it's like okay you have five uh, women wrestlers to choose from and like seven or eight male wrestlers to choose from. And then you're like, well, where's stone Cold? Where's the rock? They're on the cover. Oh no, no, no. They're, you're gonna have to play like two, three hours of the story to get one of those characters. Uh, it's just really shitty. Uh, gameplay is fun for, for what it is, but uh, I have a full review next week. Once I like finish up the story and dabble in the online stuff, they are doing some interesting stuff with the online. Uh, the only problem I have is something I have a, a problem with a lot, uh, is sometimes when you hop online to games, there's just no one playing. Like there's a really cool, I thought you could only, I thought I heard you could only play with friends though. No, no, they have like this, uh, king of the, I forget what it's called. King of the battlegrounds, where uh, you pick a wrestler and they just keep sending online competition at you until you lose. Okay. Pretty cool. Can rarely ever find a match. <laughs> so uh, there, there's some interesting things they're trying to do online, uh, but it's just no one's playing it. But hopefully the game's been out now like a week. So maybe hopefully this week yeah. more people will pick it up, though the reviews for it haven't been favorable. So we'll see how that goes. Do you think, I the, just review, think, do you think the reviews aren't favorable because of the microtransactions or because of the gameplay or both? Uh, I think it's the microtransactions are definitely a part of it. And I also think, uh, which I'll talk about in my next review, art style takes way too much sway from people. Um, the art style in this is considered bad by most people. I consider it bad too, but I can look past it and find some redeeming qualities about it. And I feel like the art style is so bizarre for some people that that immediately is like getting it docked in reviews uh as opposed to just accepting what yeah it's definitely got an interesting marketing strategy i'm looking on the store on the their their website now you can only buy the deluxe edition on stadia and steam like you can't buy the regular version on stadia or steam yeah yeah it's weird how they're they're doing it uh wwe is definitely pushing it hard because it's their only game they have coming out this year uh I'm going to break through it. Hopefully, like, once I finish the story, I walk out with enough currency that I can just unlock all the characters. Yeah, hopefully there's some big bump. Like, here, congratulations, you finished the story. Here's five characters or something, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. But but early on, I was very disappointed to play the story for, like, two hours and then get, like, two mid-card wrestlers, you know? And it's just like, oh, okay. Because I was waiting for you to play this game before I played it so that I didn't, like, take any of your thunder away because you're more the wrestling guy. And I'm looking at this, like, a couple streams that I watched. I'm like, oh, this looks like it might be fun for me to play against my son and just mess around. and you'd probably be fine with it because you have no idea who any of the wrestlers are so you wouldn't care that like this wrestler is behind a paywall and it's just like why why is Liv morgan unlocked right away but asuka i have to pay nine thousand in-game currency dollars for it's 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 silly how they handled that um okay so the game i'm gonna review is a game i've been talking about uh 
briefly the last two two weeks. Uh, Paradise Killer. Uh, this is an open world mystery game. I described it as like uh, perverted, sexy Ace Attorney. Um, though, as I got further in the game, it doesn't have the depth that I would have wanted from it. Uh, but the the basic story is uh, Paradise Killer takes place on an island run by immortal beings that worship like alien gods. Their purpose on the island is to create the perfect paradise. And if a flaw is found on the island, they basically reboot the island totally and start from scratch, including like wiping or killing all the citizens that are been like kind of abducted to be there. Uh, days before the island is about to be rebu- uh, rebooted, the council that's in charge of the island are found murdered by a citizen possessed by a demon. Um, it isn't an open shut case. Therefore you were called in from exile and your character is lady love dies. And your job is to investigate the murder, talk to all the like immortal, like beings that are there and try and determine what happened, why it happened and who did it. And, uh, the game is, open world so you kind of just get dropped into things and you can find things at your leisure in any order possible it can be kind of a a little bit of a cluster in terms of the amount of information you get me and sarah played this in like four sessions um and just finding stuff kind of out of order and putting the story together is an interesting take on like a mystery game especially usually games like this kind of just put everything in sequence for you to where they just like everything lines up perfectly in a, like a, like a puzzle. Uh, this one, you're just finding things randomly and then putting it all together, uh, through the, the, the interviewing of the various suspects and potential witnesses. Uh, there is some light detective work, but it's very basic. I was kind of disappointed. Like you can look at the crime scene and it'll just have like two points of interest in the crime scene and then it'll just tell you exactly what's there. There's not really much thought that you have to put into there. Um, but the entire time you're like moving around this open world, there's a ton of collectibles. Not all the collectibles are fully explained uh, to you what they do. Um, and the game eventually through upgrades makes it easier to find collectibles. Uh, but the platforming is kind of bad. Um, but the entire time we were playing, we were completely like into the story like the characters are fucking weird as hell cool as hell the art style is fantastic the music is like a jazzy vapor wave the computer terminals you interact with are like 80s 90s pop like computer style like you get got the neon pinks, the the neon blues. It's got a very morbid sense of humor. So we were in on the characters that are all great, all have weird names, all have amazing backstories that we just wanted to learn more about the characters. And then we got stuck just like trying to find out as much as possible with the lore and the history of paradise, uh, and that ended up making us just do all the collectibles. 
Like we we found every single thing we can. Again, the game makes it easy to find all the collectibles because you unlock an ability to where it just points them out on the map. And we did all that. And we were just building to this trial that, that ends the game. They talk about the trial. Uh, you can go to the trial at any point. So you can go in with as little or as much information as possible and then figure out everything from the trial, which I guess could have led to us like accusing the wrong people. But because we got so into the characters and the story, we almost had too much information for the trial because the trial is a little bit of a letdown in terms of there's not much you do other than present the evidence you have and then just let the game take it from there. And because we found all the possible evidence slammed up the trial f- <laughs> yeah the trial for us was just super breezy and then even though the characters and the story and how it all folded out was interesting it almost felt like we didn't do anything in the trial which was just kind of disappointing but we were still entertained by the game because of the story and the lore it's just it kind of lets us lets you down at the end unless maybe you don't collect all the collectibles and don't pursue every dialogue option, mm-hmm. the trial might work out better because there might be a little bit of a challenge, but because we did everything, there was no challenge at the end, which just kind of left us a little disappointed. Um, that's why, even though I, I love the story, I love the characters, I kind of walked away just being like, this was okay, uh, which is why I'm going to give it a three out of five. Okay. Uh, I really wish there was more at the end of the game to justify the time we spent doing the open world stuff outside of the characters and story i just needed a little bit more gameplay from it for us to like really think this is one of the best games uh and like i after you know we finished it i wrote like my basic review that i do for the show i looked at other reviews and i saw where people were calling it one of the best detective mystery games (laughs) in years and i I feel like people got really into the visuals and the characters of the thing, like me and Sarah did. Or it just but, means there's not very good detective mystery games on the market right now. <laughs> you no, know, no, yeah, or it means that. But I think it's one of those things where me and Sarah always, we, we love mystery detective games, and I wanted more from the gameplay. So even though the art was like speaking to me and the music was totally the music I'm into, I just wanted more gameplay and I just didn't get it. Uh, but it, it's still a worthwhile experience, and it's it's on the Switch. I think it's on everything, but we played it on the Switch. Uh, uh, we were provided a review copy uh, for the game on the Switch, so just wanted to put that out there. Uh, but yeah, uh, three out of five. Like I, I just wanted just a little bit more, but it was still enjoyable. Nice. Uh, that's it uh, for playing. Um, I didn't even play Tony Hawk, uh, and. Uh, I, me and Sarah started to watch our like scary movie uh, sort of thing where we uh, every October we just marathon scary movies every weekend. Uh, so we started at a weekend early and we ended up watching. Cheater. Uh, yeah. Hey, man, we just wanted to watch wanted to watch some like horror movies. Uh, so we watched Polaroid and One Bedroom. They were both bad. Yeah, I have, but, no, I have no idea what you're talking about because this is a genre that I will not watch. Polaroid is about a Polaroid camera that if you take a picture of someone, that person gets killed. Uh, bad movie, uh, even though it 
started with someone from Riverdale in it, and I was like, oh shit, this might be good bad, and this turned out to be bad. Uh, and then One Bedroom was about a cult, which was, it was interesting, but definitely not the best start to our, like, October. Uh, Thank God it's September. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like we were like, okay, let's every Saturday night, every Sunday night, because we're we're both kind of off on the weekends. Uh, So it's like, okay, let's watch uh, a scary movie, find a random one. We didn't start out great, but we'll we'll keep trying. (laughs) We'll we'll keep working on it. Uh, But that is it uh, for me uh, for playing and watching. All right, so we're gonna hit one question really quick because for some reason we're going long again. So shocking, Microsoft buying more stuff. Talk. Um, so Randy uh, Pinnock, I believe, uh, post in the Facebook group. Uh, what is the last game you guys played that you you felt was a ten out of ten? Hashtag Ask Digital Days. Um. So, oh, I guess for me, the last one that I feel like that was like I was really satisfied after I beat the game. It's got to be God of War. Mm-hmm. Um. And the only other thing that I want to say to it is based on some of the conversation that was happening in the Facebook post is that a 10 out of 10 isn't a perfect game. It's, no, no. It is, you know, a really, really, really good game, a great game, or a, like a masterpiece game. Um, but there is no such thing as a perfect game. Like, there's always going to be something that's kind of weird or wonky or wrong with a game or something you don't enjoy. But... You know, if you walked away and you had a great time playing the game, um, then, you know, I think that it's it, it can be any game can be a 10 for for the player that got them got more out of it or spoke to them in a different way than a game speaks to somebody else. For me, it was The Last of Us Part Two. I, I still think about that game even three months after I played it. Uh but that was definitely one of those games where I figured I was going to like it before I played it. I know that's not the best thing to say as someone who tries to uh, review games, but it definitely was like everything about that game's marketing was like, yeah. hey, you're going to like this. And I liked the first one enough uh, that I was excited for it. And then I think The Last of Us Part Two delivered things for me, even though I do think there's flaws in it. But like you said, a 10 doesn't mean it's like a flawless game. Uh, the last of us was the last 10 I played. I, it was a little long, but that's like a good problem to have. If a game's like, man, eh, maybe yeah. stated overstate its welcome two or three hours. That's like a good thing in my book. Uh, before that, I think the last like 10 out of 10 I played was Spider-Man, uh, which I think Dave, you'd probably be on board with me if you, if you'd yeah, I think I would start too. your I mean, Spider-Man. Yeah. But why I can't move it to PS5 now. So F it. I'm not going to do it until November. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta yeah, have something the, cool to play the on there. Yeah, you do because you're not gonna play Demon Souls because you don't like Demon Souls. No, because I don't really because that's gonna make me take my seventy dollar controller and embed it in my television. Oh God, I would. Mm. <laughs> I got a you got a gift. I got a I got a Christmas <laughs> gift idea now. What if you buy me that game? You're you're sending me a controller with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get. I'll see if uh, I don't know if you remember it, but GameStop used to sell Nerf PS2 controllers. <laughs> I wonder if they still make those. Like it was just a controller with an it made out of a Nerf ball. Yeah. Do they still have those so. for current gen? <laughs> they make them for the tablets because we get Owen something for his tablet. <laughs> so. Wow. Uh, oh before spider-man uh a plague tale innocence i think that was the last yeah. like that's another game yeah there's would... there is tons of stuff that i want to play and i just like i can't even have the 
the attention span right now to sit down and you know go farther in, in Avengers. And it has nothing to do with the game being good, bad, or indifferent. It just has to do with like oh, shiny thing over here, shiny thing over here, shiny thing over here, new seasonal update over here. This you know like there's just and and like that's the kind of thing that appeals to me and, and draws my interest. Like I also nice to see myself playing Division, and then I'm at work thinking about well, something you're a in social Division. Yeah. gamer actually. Like yeah, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy that, like just messing around with people. So that's the part that, um, that keeps me the most occupied. So, but all right. Uh, again, a little longer than normal, uh, trying to compact them a little bit. You guys seem to like the, the 90 minute episodes. So, um, yep. Uh, as mentioned before, uh, any of the, the social stuff, you can follow the main account at digital days pod, Michael's, Michael's Twitter. My Twitter is all in the show notes, uh, patreon.com slash digital days gaming, Support us there if you can. Uh, we'll be recording October's episode soon for the $7 tier. You get a bonus episode. Uh, $5 gets you the 24-hour early access. $3 gets you access to a, di- a private Discord channel. And $1 is uh, like our virtual tip jar. So the support is always appreciated. Uh, leaving a review in the show is great and helpful. Uh, it helps us move up charts on that more people might see the podcast. Again, if you're listening, you know, maybe giving us a first try, a second try, or a third try as we're getting longer or you're here you're here uh, after Josh that and maybe hoping he was here again. Uh, we'll work on that. It it'll probably be, you know, I think we're shooting for like December, uh, but you know, Josh is pretty content with what he's doing right now. Um, for, for anybody thinking or wondering, like we have asked if he wants to do it more often and he's declined. Um, so <laughs> So blame him. Yeah tweet at him that he's not on here every week um but uh you know so uh other than that uh next week should hopefully be i don't really uh, i'm gonna check out a little bit of wwe uh mess around with that michael and i've goofed around with doing a st- talk uh text back and forth about doing some kind of stream night of making me you know win or watch something that they have to talk about on a patreon episode or october something. is a uh, spooky month so <laughs> maybe our patreon should revolve around uh some scary movies <laughs> um but uh, other than that, just, uh, you know, I hope everyone has a great week. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you on some streams and maybe Michael will stream a game, you know, this month. Maybe. <laughs> just messing with him. He's had, a, he's had a lot of, he's had to go back to work. He's had some other weird stuff going on. So he's good. So, yeah. Um, but again, thanks guys for listening, downloading, sharing the show. We appreciate it. And we will uh, talk to you next week. Uh, keep moving forward. And yeah. don't be a dick. And also shout out to Hungarian Spotify. Because we charted on like what? sometimes Spotify charts, we just like pop up on the, the most random European you get uh, Spotify data that, charts. You get data that I don't get. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. Thank you for listening. <laughs> See Join the Facebook group if you're listening in Hungary. I want to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Luxembourg right now, Spotify number. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one.